This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1344, an excerpt from the book, The Disciplined Listening Method, How a Certified Forensic Interviewer Unlocks Value in Every Conversation, by Michael Reddington. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator. This is the show where I narrate great articles for relationship building six days of the week, and then actually take and answer your personal relationship questions on the other day of the week, which would be each Saturday. So if you have a question you'd like help with on the show, please email it on into me at advice at oldpodcast.com, and you will definitely hear back. But for today, we're going to get to do something we haven't done in a little while, and that would be hearing a book excerpt. I always love the opportunity to feature new books that are exciting to me and that I feel would be enjoyable for you guys as well. And today's is certainly one of them. As I said, this book is called The Disciplined Listening Method, and I will tell you more about the book and its author, Michael Reddington, after the reading. So for now, let's hear part of this really engaging book and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book, The Disciplined Listening Method, How a Certified Forensic Interviewer Unlocks Value in Every Conversation, by Michael Reddington. We carry expectations of value into every conversation we participate in. These expectations may be positive, negative, or neutral, and they absolutely impact the amount of observational effort we exert. They also determine what information we retain and interpret. People react the strongest to what they first observe. We literally look and listen for the very first verbal or nonverbal indication that either confirms or violates our preconceived expectations. People react the strongest to what they first observe. Several very interesting research studies have addressed the question of just how quickly humans make their initial judgments during their conversations. The answer is lightning fast. A research team led by Dr. Phil McAleer at the University of Glasgow found that we are capable of judging someone's trustworthiness and dominance, among other factors, in as fast as 300 to 500 milliseconds just by listening to them say the word hello. Another research team from Princeton University, led by Janine Willis and Alexander Todorov, found that we're capable of judging someone's trustworthiness, aggressiveness, and competence in as fast as 100 milliseconds, just by looking at their face. A third study conducted by Tiffany Ito and Jeffrey Erland from the University of Colorado demonstrated that we are capable of categorizing people, specifically by their gender and race, in 100 to 150 milliseconds. Think about this for a moment. There is a high likelihood that in the first fraction of a second you meet someone, you've already judged their trustworthiness, competence, and attitude, and categorized them within one of your pre-existing mental categories. Right or wrong, these immediate judgments cast a shadow over our conversations and direct what we observe, how we interpret our observations, and how we respond for the duration of our interactions. Admittedly, these instantaneous determinations aren't always bad. They can be game-changing and life-saving realizations when we're in a highly competitive or life-threatening situation. Thankfully, most of our conversations don't fit into either category, although our body can trick us into feeling like they do. Anytime we feel threatened or vulnerable to a high enough degree, our fight-or-flight response kicks in. When this happens, our rational brain shuts off and our emotional brain takes over with the singular focus of getting us through perceived danger. We lose the ability to see the big picture and think strategically 
then we make short-term tactical decisions to relieve the discomfort we're facing. Fight or flight is not called stop and think for a reason. The blood and oxygen that our brains need in order to think clearly rushes away from our brains and down to our extremities. When we're under stress, we go to what we know. We default to communication approaches and action sets we're comfortable with. These approaches can often be defensive, resulting in us communicating in a parental style and treating counterparts like children, and frequently drive us to achieve short-term success at the expense of others. The best way to center ourselves, think strategically, and elevate our observations is to intentionally slow the situation down and take a deep breath. Are you in or out? Our snap judgments are based on our life history, perceptions, and stereotypes. In their book, Blind Spot, Mazarin Banaji and Anthony Greenwald discuss the fact that stereotypes connect groups with shared attributes. They illustrate that any stereotype is partially true and partially false, and that group stereotypes are typically negative. These stereotypes assist in instantaneous categorization. According to Banaji and Greenwald, our category-forming capacity is so great that we can envision a complete person when they're described by a set of six unfamiliar dimensions. Once our brains possess that tiny amount of information, we're capable of connecting the rest of the dots and feeling good about it. The categories we place people in are often filed within our perceived in-groups and out-groups. In-groups are groups of people with whom we believe we share important traits. We often perceive our in-groups to be people who look like us, share the same beliefs and interests we do, and come from the same places we do. These may include your family, friends, fans of the same sports team or music groups, graduates from the same universities, people from the same city, members of the same church or political group, and teammates. Outgroups are for people who we don't perceive to share important traits with us, and who we perceive to have opposing views or experiences. The power of our in-group and out-group perceptions cannot be overstated. Dan Ariely is one of many researchers whose work has demonstrated our increased willingness to listen to, support, defend, and even commit crimes for members of our in-groups. The same research illustrates how we often behave in unexpected ways when we interact with people from out-groups. We are far less likely to listen or support them. When we communicate with members of our in-groups, we often listen to confirm our similarities, whereas when we communicate with members of our out-groups, we often listen for opportunities to validate our disagreements and devalue their ideas, as it would violate our self-image to be in agreement with someone on the other side. This self-image violation is why it can be extremely hard to separate messages from messengers. You just listened to an excerpt from the book, The Disciplined Listening Method, How a Certified Forensic Interviewer Unlocks Value in Every Conversation by Michael Reddington. And a great excerpt from Michael, right? Some really interesting conclusions suggested by those studies he referenced. So let me tell you a little bit more about him and his book. So Michael spent years as a certified forensic interviewer, that's CFI, honing his listening and communication skills to connect with suspects, witnesses, and victims, and uncover the truth when it really counted. But then when he made the jump into the business world, one thing became clear to him and that is that there's a disconnect between common corporate communication practices and the techniques that really deliver results. And in this book, Michael is drawing on his background in forensics and human behavior to teach readers how to improve their listening, 
communication, and relationship-building skills, and how to use the truth to their advantage. He integrates key lessons from successful non-confrontational interview and interrogation techniques with current business communication research and best practices to help leaders gain greater value from every conversation. Based on his extensive experience as a CFI, executive resource, and trainer for investigators worldwide, the disciplined listening method reveals that active listening doesn't necessarily support authentic communication. Instead, the traditional active listening model can actually create the impression of attentive listening, even if the listener is disengaged, leading to increased miscommunication, misperceptions, and missed opportunities for business leaders and their teams. So this book can teach readers to level up their listening skills in a few ways. Avoiding common listening mistakes, understanding the impact that our biases and expectations can have on interactions, navigating the seven phases of potentially contentious conversations, adopting the seven core behaviors of the discipline listening method, and realizing the potential value of any interaction and leveraging that knowledge to enhance relationships and improve communication results. So definitely check out the book by following the link that I've put in this episode's description. And other than that, have a great rest of your day, everyone. It is time to go, but I'm so thankful to have had you here, thankful to have read Michael's work, and of course, hoping to see you again tomorrow for the beginning of a new week on ORD. That's where your optimal life awaits.